Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Support comes from Big Y World Class Market, committed to the community with 80 years of service to New England families. Big Y's commitment includes support of WNPR and the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Beth Barnes who said, what you eat standing up doesn't count. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. We're going to talk about grilling, get you in the mood. We've got things, recipes, and and wine and cocktail ideas posted right now at our site for Memorial Day. That's foodschmooze.org. We have grilling tips coming your way. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors, Chris Brasberry, Alex Province, Mark Raymond, bartender Anthony DeSario. Hey, everybody. Hello. All right. Hello. Let's, let's get going on mm. grilling. This is, yeah. it's now starting to feel, I mean, you know how our weather is here. It's up and down, but it's now starting to feel like pretty much people's grills are out. It's time to clean them. It's time to get going. My grill's right, always out. Yeah, I was going to say, for those of us that don't have it out all the year long anyways. I don't. Not covered in snow. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I know you do, Mark, because oh, you've got that. all year round. You've got that. That oven. What is it? A pizza oven? I've got or a... the wood fire grill and the pizza oven in the old uh, two car garage. Beautiful. Nice. Do you have the egg? Just the most beautiful. I don't have the egg. I want no. the egg. The egg is too heavy. pretty cool, but it's I, I, only it weighs like I've a thousand pounds. I've come to think pounds. simplicity is good in grilling. Yeah. I'm, I'm now into simplicity. The yeah. easiest way to grill hibachi. is the way. Does anyone remember the hibachi? The hibachi. Right? Oh, yeah. Stoop to, grilling in New York. Do those York. work even? Yeah, they yeah. work. They're yeah. great. You take They're them to the awesome. beach. Oh, yeah. They would have a couple different well, you levels. You could put the racks. You, you know, lower it down. If the cold's really low, you could bring it all the way down. It's on the ground so the sand's blowing on your Sure. Nah, you do it in the parking lot. You would never do it on the beach. Mark, remember we talked about this? We both had hibachis in the backs of our cars yes. and we would take them to the yeah, beach. I grew up in the city and we everyone had one and you grilled on your stoop. Here's a classic Connecticut story. Back before you know they connected the highways to the beaches, you would take all the back routes okay. and there was oh, always yeah. like this side pull-off. That you would go, they'd have these like little barbecues that were made out of brick. Oh, sure. Or oh, yeah. cinder blocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you'd yeah. pull off with the family, <laughs> eat there. you'd start cooking burgers and <laughs> no, eat there just on the way home from the beach. Just on the side of the road. Those are the station wagons with the wood veneer. No dishes. Wood panel. Paper plates. No seatbelts. The woodies. Yeah. I haven't been in years, but I remember when I was growing up in Foot Park in Brantford and like all the way in the back. You had like the little hiking trail behind all the baseball fields. It was like a picnic area, and they had all these five or six grills set up. And you just brought your own charcoal and yeah, yeah. yeah. grill. It was right there. Yeah. The picnic Absolutely. tables were all white. That's out when there. charcoal was charcoal. Yeah, that's real right. charcoal. <laughs> I remember as a kid on the way to the Cape, it was a tradition that we would stop at one of those places you were all describing. Yeah, by the side of the road. Sometimes Absolutely. the scenic view, and out would come the food, and we'd have a lunch, <laughs> and it broke up the trip, and it was kind of exciting. It's yeah. funny. Because in my last trip to Europe, 
they still do that. Do we still yeah. do that here? I don't know if we actually do that. So we went with my family. We went on a road trip to see a vineyard. And I was like, well, where are we having lunch? And my mom was like, oh, don't worry. You'll see. Okay. And we pull off the highway. And then we go down the side street. And then there's this beautiful overlook. And there's a little picnic table there. And everyone started pulling stuff out of the cars. And yeah. we ate lunch on the side of the road. And it reminded Fantastic. me of it yeah. reminded me of doing that here. I guess the question is, do we still pull over to the side of the road on the way to the beach or no. the way home? The you don't even change your own tires anymore. It's just it's not that way. Pulling over. Just, over no. you'd, you'd see the kids at the picnic table with the iPads <laughs> and the Kindles playing the video games now. Well, I I mean I think it's a, I still think it's a very cool thing to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Picnics are awesome. We grill on the yeah. boat. You know, we have the yeah. grill on the pulpit on the push pit, whatever in the back, and we grill every afternoon. I love float it. around. Charcoal or gas? Charcoal. Charcoal? Charcoal. charcoal. Well, I like the flavor of charcoal, uh-huh. but I like the speed of uh, gas. Absolutely. And so and I, I'm interested in these grills now. I, I don't have one, yeah. but in a grill that will get me a really fast. That's what I have. You know, start my yeah. charcoal I have with the, gas. I have the Weber Assist, which is gas starting the charcoal. But you know what? Nine times out of ten, I use my gas grill, the plain you gas do? grill. Yeah. Because it's you fast. don't have to get the – well, it's not just fast, but charcoal is dirty and messy. And I don't know. Oh, maybe I like I've been yeah. Yeah. I assume you got to wait yeah. for the f- – You've got to plan for charcoal. You've got to plan not, for charcoal. Right. It's not, even, right. even with the gas you know, assist, you have to plan because it takes a while to get the charcoal so going. Gas is Monday through Friday. Oh, there you go. Gas exactly. Is, yeah. Charcoal. Is, no, yeah. Not even Friday. Friday. Friday, you, you can know? do charcoal. Friday, you can do charcoal. Okay. You just have dinner so, a little bit later. Yeah. That's all. So, so you Monday, grill fish Monday on through Thursday. Fridays I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so mad at myself because I did not take out. I promised last summer that I would take out my grill that's called, it's small hibachi style. It's called the Wood Flame. Okay. I bought it during one of those shows on television, one of those infomercials. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't admit that. At 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and for $9.99, you get a spatula, too. Another grill. <laughs> so, anyway, it is, it is the best thing. It's just that I need to know someone who can cut up little pieces of wood for me. <laughs> so here's, here's how it works. It's, Use the it's knives a, they give you. It's yeah, a battery-operated grill. Okay. Um, meaning that there's a little battery contraption, yeah. and that makes the little fan go. And you put tiny chunks of wood in there instead of charcoal, and the fan feeds the flame consistently thanks to the battery power. And you can wood grill steaks, lamb, whatever you want to do on there. It's a wood grill. That's why it's called Wood Flame from Canada. It is so awesome. You're always more fancy than me. I went out and bought the Weber. Like I bought the Weber Cube. $49. Yeah, I spent a little bit more money and I got the Weber Cube. You know the little gas bottles you can hook up yeah, to? Yeah, like the green ones. Oh, yeah. yeah for no, like cold no, no, no. Even smaller yeah, the ones, ones, the ones that you put for your plumber's torch. The uh. Weber Cube, you can put one of those on. It has a little electronic igniter. You have this little bottle of gas. The thing fits in my trunk. It's this tiny little grill with a lid and it works great and you but don't I want to but wood. Do, but I want to use wood if you <laughs> yeah. use sometimes some beautiful pieces of wood you know you hear barbecue specialists yeah. using oh, yeah. cherry and cherry this, wood, that, it really you're doing yeah. a steak on for instance if you could do a steak on the wood we would pick up on my brother-in-law's ranch in Colorado which oh, was cottonwood oh. 
Oh, wow. The steaks oh, coming off that grill with cottonwood were unbelievable. So the wood matters if you like oh, to yeah. do a wood fire steak, yeah. which I, I do. I wood all you the just, time. You can smoke your it. cocktail it's glasses with flavor. it, too. That's right. How you small would. do these pieces okay. have to be? Pretty small, like the size of a baseball. Okay. They Chunk make, about they the size of a baseball. They make charcoal, too, that you can get that's pretty small. In France, they're using um, corn cobs. Oh. Oh. So we ended up getting a big bag, and I was like, you should get the other bag. Matt insisted on this one bag. We got home, and then it's corn cobs, dried corn cobs. <laughs> and how did they work? How did they, yeah. Well, it's corn <laughs> oh my cobs. God. Am I the only one that lives in 2016? <laughs> you turn on the gas, and you hit a button. Come you on. close the lid. You go in the kitchen. You grab your food. By the time you get out there, it's done. The gas is empty. Yeah. Chris, okay, so, so Chris, I forgot to tell you to take the leech. Just off <laughs> just before you came in here. Forgot the bloodletting. I don't know why I forgot about that, but I did. Bad for me to forget, but I did forget. Too okay, funny. here's what. So we're talking grilling. I've got a recipe that I love to make. It's a sausage and pepper thing I do on the grill. Really, really simple. So we want to talk with you about all of that. But first, we wanted to tell you this. It's martini time. It is finally getting here, and we are as excited as we can be. Food Schmooze Martini Competition. Can't wait. Oh, it yeah. is going to be at the Pequot already. Museum at Foxwoods, and we want to break a 1,000. We came so close. Tell everyone. We know that it. companies are doing things where they're buying tickets for employees to say thank you. It is the new thing that's happening. We're so excited about that. But there are mixologists, bartenders creating, and then you vote for the winner. Anthony Desario has a small percentage of the vote as our a bartending consultant, and then the winner is chosen. A lot of publicity about that in Connecticut Magazine and online all over the place. Everybody waits. The dancing is unbelievable. Right. It's the hottest oh, yeah. place the to meet great. someone. The, the food too. is unbelievable. It's the best party of the year. I cannot wait. A new location. I'm excited. Yeah. At new the Peacock Museum. New part of the state. It is right? going to be yeah. very excited about Gorgeous. The space is yeah. gorgeous. Really hot, hot time. Yeah. You can come as relaxed as yeah. you want, as snazzy as you want. I got to get a new hat. Hot, right? hot. Yeah, I I you had the Spanish hat. I had, hot dancing. I had the beret last year. I got to come up with a new hat. <laughs> really, really hot. If you want to meet someone, this is the place I'm telling you. Yeah. It is and, a and, scene. The, and the bartenders are ready. The smack talk is starting. And so we're. <laughs> I know. We I wait, wait every year for this. We can't wait. This is our favorite competition. We do a lot throughout the year with the United States Bartenders Guild, and there's many, many competitions to win trips and everything. Oh. But this is home field bragging rights here. So this oh, is, you know, wow. all, all bets are off on this one. Oh boy, so, I can't wait! I rally can't wait. The bartenders. That's it. Yeah, get so your shakers ready. Get your friends together because it's at Foxwoods this time. There are a million hotels right there That's on the awesome. property yep. and the whole surrounding area. The yeah. hotels usually sell out when we have this event. People chip in for limousines oh, so fun. that they don't drive. Yep. There is a discount for designated drivers, as always. And even Ooh, if you don't drink, the food so is so good. good. I think oh, I had yeah. three cheeseburgers in a row. I, I think Plan I was B. cut off. Plan <laughs> B. I know it. Me too. I did too. Yeah, you broke the limit on the cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh, kept okay. All right. Let's go to grilling, my friends. Okay. So, Speaking of um, cheeseburgers. We've got a wine to go with grilling. You know what? Can I just mention this before we – this is not exactly grilling, but this is some a, a page. You can see I had ripped this out of a magazine. They were touting this woman, Janine D'Onofrio. 
she's a blogger. She's done this cookbook called The Love and Lemons Cookbook and has this idea for loaded sweet potato nachos. I think this is the coolest idea. (laughs) Here's how it works. So the oven's preheated and a baking sheet with some parchment paper on the bottom of it. Here we go. You get a bowl out and in the bowl you're tossing sweet potatoes that have been very thinly sliced and then with a little drizzle of extra virgin olive oil, a pinch of salt and have some fresh pepper and you spread those on this baking sheet and you bake them for about 15 minutes. That would be your nachos because they get sweet crispy, potato chips. sweet potato chips. And now nice. on top, nice. you have, and this is kind of a healthier profile, but you have shredded Monterey Jack, okay. and you put that on, and you bake it 10 minutes more. So now that's melting on top of mm. those potatoes. Then you take it out and you scatter on top, if you want, cooked black beans, a mango, some radish slices, some diced fresh avocado, a serrano pepper that you've sliced up, a little juice of lime, and then here it is, the adobo sauce from a can of chipotle in adobo, and that's what adds the heat and and smoke. And you just serve it like that with lime wedges. Man. Is that the coolest? I just am nuts. I'm going to save that one. Break out the tequila. Right? That's I really, I just want to say, Janine Genofrio, that is a brilliant idea. So And you could fool with this. If you're someone who doesn't like radishes, take them away, add something else. Right. You know, you might whatever. You think could about do regular it. potatoes too. You don't have to do sweet potatoes. You could do. I mean, you could you really could. make whatever yeah. you want out of these. Yeah, you can. This mm. is an awesome recipe. Really, really cool. Very like clever. Yeah, right yeah. on, yeah. right on the picnic table yeah. outside with some Dig. nice cold margaritas the kids on the too. side of the road. We yeah. dive in. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you? What are you grilling? You know what? Vegetables. People don't grill yeah. enough vegetables. Right when you light up the grill, the first thing you think is steak, chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs, hot dogs and don't get me wrong, I love all those things. Mm-hmm. But I like grilling vegetables, and I do a grilled vegetable salad. So basically, and Good again, call. if I'm going to do charcoal, yeah. like you said, it's Saturday, Sunday, I always think of it as it's a lot of work. Or even if you heat up the gas grill, once you get done with it, it's at that perfect temperature. This is something I like to do when I'm done grilling my chicken or hot dogs like or Brussels whatever. sprouts. Yeah. No, I take uh, zucchini, eggplant. Tomatoes, onions. You can do peppers. I don't, but you can whatever vegetable, right? And you cut, yeah, you cut them into easily grillable pieces. So like zucchini and eggplant, you cut into large plank kind of things. And I take everything one at a time in a big bowl: salt, pepper, olive oil, and a little dried uh, basil and dried oregano. And I toss it. Then I start one at a time, putting everything on the grill, grilling it all the way through till it's cooked. And then I have a little cookie sheet on the side, and I start piling it all on there as it comes off. So once I get them all grilled, I got them on this cookie sheet, nice and piled. I bring them into the kitchen. I get a big wooden cutting board, and I just whack it with a knife. And I don't even care how I cut them. I just whack them into edible bite-sized pieces. I throw them back in that big stainless steel bowl that I tossed them in, so it's got the basil and the oregano and the olive oil in it. And then I drizzle in a little balsamic vinegar, a little more salt and pepper, and some extra virgin olive oil. And then you eat that as your side dish when it's warm. So it's like a a grilled ratatouille. It's like a grilled ratatouille. And then the next day, 
it makes amazing salads or sandwiches mm-hmm. or wraps. Or you like throw it into your eggs. Yeah, or you yeah, your chop eggs. it in yeah, your like egg. And all it. summer long, I like to have mm-hmm. this in my refrigerator. Can we do just a second of what what happens to all of us, which is that we burn our vegetables? I, I've just burned, I don't know, $1,000 <laughs> worth of vegetables. I Just what I do. I cook them too long. Another vote for the gas grill. Okay, so you're, you're saying it's easier. Well, yeah, but it's easier. Because you're not getting you, flame yeah, and you from... get and more controlled heat because when you do a barbecue, if you're doing a croquel, you've got hot spots and stuff. And as you like my gas grill now, is, it's a Weber. Oh, yeah. It's I don't know, probably well, five years old. I understand the hot spots and where it gets hot. So and, I don't yeah. mean to say anything yeah. about people's taste because if you like it supercharged, good for you. Right. But if I, it dawned on me that I'm overdoing my vegetables. Smaller and, batches. Okay, I was going to ask, more, what's the and, trick? Yes, yeah, so stew them in smaller yeah. batches so you can stay in more control of them. Right. If you have a big grill like I do, it's hard to lay everything on it. And by the time you get back to that first piece, it could already be getting burnt and crisp. So do smaller batches, right, and just turn more often and keep an eye on it. The you other thing that helps yeah. is, is good lighting because we often mm-hmm. barbecue in the backyard. There's not a lot of light. So and we're cooking at night, so you can't see exactly what you're doing. And it's right. not until you plate and come inside that you're like, ooh, that's a little darker than I thought. So you need good light. Okay, we're gonna get to on the other side of this break a grilled sausage and pepper recipe that I like to do for brunch. It's kind of a different twist on brunch. People usually do kind of eggy things, and I like to do grilled sausages and peppers. Mm. It's as easy as can be. Mm, delicious. Uh, we'll get to that. We have wine for grilling that is so great from Italy. And we also have an Anthony DeSario cocktail that I think is going to knock you out. Both these things, really terrific. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org with all of our recipes for food and drink. And we'll be right back. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. Just sign up for it once at our site, and we'll automatically send you our show so you can listen on your schedule, not our schedule, your schedule. Also, discover our delicious curated food, wine, and cocktail recommendations there. Uh, We love talking with you, so we hope you'll stop by the site often. I'm with my treasured food buddies, the people who make me want to get up in the morning. Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Wine broker Alex Province of Hartford. Mark Raymond of 
Weathersfield of Frederick Wildman and Sons Wine Distributors. He is the Northeast Regional Manager and our chief cocktail guy, Anthony Desario. We're going to go to a great red for food you're grilling. This is from Italy, and it is called Quadrio. Mark Raymond discovered this for us, and thank you, Mark. Tell us about this. My pleasure. Nino Negri is the name of the winery, but the wine, Quadrio, is named after uh, the castle in the center of the area that this region is from, Mm. which is called uh, Valtellina. So if you go to the top of Lake Cuomo, beautiful scenic area that a lot of people know, there's a little valley that opens up east to west, and it's only probably about four miles deep and then long it's probably about 18 miles so it's a very small appellation but they're really well known for beautiful beautiful nebbiolo which is what this wine is what i love about this wine and this is one and now that we're getting into the warmer months where and i will do this all year round this is a red that goes in the refrigerator right yeah uh you could drink it straight out of the refrigerator on the cold side if you want it's up to you when it's in the glass, it'll start to get a little bit more toward room temperature, and the flavors will start to pop. So refreshing. Nebbiolo is, you know, they say it's the poor man's Barolo, right? That's exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's exactly so, it. uh, it's just delicious. This it's is like, one of the most beautiful places, though. It really is. I've the Valtellina a, yeah, is incredible. It's just, it, you drive from Lake Cuomo up to that region, and then the grapes grow up, right? Up the, the very, very steep just inclines. Just crazy. You look up there and you're like, how do they even get the yeah. – how do they pick the grapes? There are a couple vineyard sites from this winery yeah. where they actually harvest by helicopter. Yeah. yeah. We, remember we yeah, were talking about this about at Thanksgiving. So this, this is, a, I think, a terrific value. It's around $17 a bottle. We have the information you need and the spelling and everything with a photograph – at our website, foodschmooze.org, just to make it as easy as possible. You, if you want to just hold up your cell phone <laughs> and say to them, here it is. <laughs> here I don't it know is. How That's to pronounce the one. This. This That's is the best this, way. This is the one. Delicious. With so many things, every kind of grilled food. I would absolutely love this with a grilled swordfish, as a matter of fact. It's one of my favorite things yeah, on the grill. No doubt. I'm not too fussy in the summertime about matching wine so carefully. I'm just, I'm into having a good time. Well, you mentioned swordfish, and then I started thinking about Chris's grilled vegetables that we're talking yeah. about. And then mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, you take that swordfish and you take those vegetables and you make a little puttanesca sauce for the top of that there swordfish, and then you've got your red wine. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. oh yeah. my goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, or capers and lemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Brown butter. And, mm-hmm. and this is going to be great wine with my grilled peppers and sausages that I'm going to get to in just a minute. But we're going to go in the cocktail direction Absolutely. now. Because Anthony DeSario, our chief cocktail maker, has come up with something for the start of the summer yeah, season. start of the summer. You know, it's getting a little warmer out. So this is going to work kind of two ways, if you like. It's a, a Meyer lemon pomegranate sour. Mm. So we're using an organic vodka from Crop. They're Meyer lemon vodka, which is very, very sweet. It's like a lemon drop in a bottle, chilled in your refrigerator. Now, do you, they add sugar? No. No, wow. not to this at all. Because a lot of flavored vodkas, I looked this up online. I was I was thinking, yeah. how much sugar are in these flavored vodkas? Turns out a lot of them add yeah. sugar. Some of so them was... will, but this is an organic company. They do uh, several flavors. They do a tomato. They do a cucumber, which is yeah. outrageous. I, that is a good one. So you can and shake this right on ice and make a straight that's martini? It. Absolutely. You really don't need to add anything. It's just like a sweet lemon drop and right out they, of the freezer. They, they're not using chemicals. You know, like no, Hangar no. One yeah. is a beautiful vodka to me. The, they're uh, right. mandarin. 
mandarin and yep. their lime because they're using crushed petals from the flowers exactly. on the tree. Yep. There's no chemical introduction of no. so-called lemon. No. And this is the same? This is the same. The recipe for this is on yeah. our site, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so yeah, it's just Meyer lemon vodka, uh, some fresh lemon juice, because uh, when I was looking up what to do with Meyer lemon vodka, cause, or Meyer lemons, because it's so sweet, uh, I found that most chefs say add more citrus. So add a grapefruit, add a lemon. So I did uh, lemon vodka, lemon juice. You know, instead of cranberry, I used uh, fresh pomegranate juice. And to go with grilling, I was like, well, why not some maple? Some people use maple wood, maple smoke. So I did did maple syrup instead of simple syrup. And so we have pomegranate, maple, and the lemon all together. And you can shake this over ice and serve it as a cocktail as is. This is one of the best cocktails I've had. I like it. This is delicious. And and again, a nice hot summer day, put it in a tall glass over ice and just add a little... God, that's unbelievable. It's refreshing. Yeah. Thank you. And it's uh, you know, if you want to like stretch it out a little bit and make it a little, as we've been talking throughout the year about low ABV, add alcohol, alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. So if you want to cut it and reduce it, just some club soda over people, the top of it. People, oh, honestly, would, yeah. please, please, I'd love oh, please so go to our site <laughs> oh, yeah. and make okay. this. And make one like for it. me, too. Yes, and can tell me where, where to show up. <laughs> this is delicious. Oh, my God. And I hope you enjoy this as much as, uh, you know, I've been making cocktails all year on the show, and I can't wait to the competition that's coming up right around the corner and yeah. have all of you finally make something for me. So I'm looking forward to this coming up. So it's, it's my turn. So oh, cheers, you, everybody. You made a, you're so generous. So you've Thank made you. a great one. Thank you so much. So, and this is delicious. at foodschmooze.org. I, mm. I keep saying that because I really want you to try this one. Have friends over and or not, you know, just for yourself <laughs> just, or yeah. make cup, just one person. You know, just the two of you try this. Uh, wow. And shake it up in the shaker, yeah, right? shake so it up nice, in the shaker. Ice cold. Ice cold. That maple syrup is like a secret ingredient yeah such a cool note once you mention it it totally yeah. popped you know? i was tasting yeah. it before and i was, like, and I was it? gonna what add it? but it's yeah, got it's... a lot of that lemony feel mm. you know that you still get that lemon undertone you kind of get that tart up front and then you get that kind of savory on the end with the but on the sides of my tongue i get that drop of maple the, you know that sweetness, so that my mouth waters when I have this. Yeah, there's this acidity cocktails. makes you want to taste it, another. It, it really is. You have drinking. acid in there. You mm-hmm. have sweet. Mm-hmm. You have sour. You have good. savory. It's really kind of hitting all of your taste buds. Yeah, really good. Mm. Thank you, Anthony Desario. You smart, you, smart always. guy. <laughs> okay, so we just kind of skipped over swordfish. Do you folks, when you're doing swordfish on the grill, do you put a little oil on there? I, some of my friends are putting mayo. On do. the swordfish mm-hmm. yeah. before yeah. putting it on the grill. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. I, d- mm-hmm. I did it before putting mm-hmm. it in the oven and roasting it that way, and it was really delicious. But I've never done it on the grill because I was a little bit afraid of flame-ups. When you do your swordfish on the grill, do you put anything on it besides salt and pepper? Olive uh, oil. You, I usually well, put a little bit of oil. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, white I, wine. See, I oil the grill instead of the fish. Yes, right. right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have a rag, and I just little oil on the grill, and then I put salt and pepper on the fish, and then put the fish right on. In okay. foil, not in foil? Depending on the fish. Like swordfish I know is not going to stick, but I grill a lot of trout. And Delicate. on trout, I take a piece of foil, and I pop holes in it okay. with a pen. And then I take that and I put it on my grill. I sort of fold over the ends. So I make my grill into what I call a nonstick grill. And then I spray that with my cooking spray. You know, I have a little pump bottle with olive oil in it. Mm -hmm. And then I close the lid. I 
get my fish ready, and then I put it on that. And I'll do that with salmon. I'll do that with sole. I'll do that with cod. So that's just a trick so you don't have to worry about it sticking. Fish like swordfish and tuna and stuff like that. Yeah, and it it really doesn't stick as much as the lighter, more delicate Speaking of mayonnaise, so I put mayonnaise on our zucchini. We put that right Mm, on the grill, and that works. So it's the cut uh, zucchini longitudinally douse it in mayonnaise, salt and pepper, and then yeah. grill it, and the mayonnaise sort of dissipates, or, just changes. Or and it, it caramelizes it, a little mm, on yeah. the yeah. outside. As you're saying that, I'm thinking elotes. It's a Mexican street food. It's a corn oh. on the cob on a stick, rolled oh in mayo, yep. cochita cheese on top of oh that, my gosh, a little that, salt and pepper, oh. and they just grill it right yeah. on the street and just hand it right over to Great. you. Oh, that's like, so good. Oh, it is you know, absolutely Lower ridiculous. East, Lower East Side in New York, there are a lot of those Mexican carts serving that cheese, uh, it, the covered corn with the, nice. with the mayo oh, the and everything. And it's and like, the, yeah. oh, it's... My uh, favorite chicken in the world is Chris's. So you do that slow roast chicken that you just like use a 200 degree oven for mm-hmm. hours and hours and the chicken just falls off the bone. You could do that on the grill too. That's what we've yeah. been doing. Yeah. How, how do, do you do that, Chris? You just, again, gas grill is your friend and okay. you just have it on very, very low. The lowest setting or you could just have one burner if you have like two burners or three burners. Or indirect heat. Yeah, or indirect heat. Whatever you want to do, just very low heat on the grill and close the lid. If, it, if it's an open grill, I just throw bowl over the top what of do you it. put on the chicken anything you can or? it depends salt, on what you pepper, want yeah in I, the cavities yeah and or no no this is I use, I use chicken thighs That's or, or chicken legs yeah. or whatever oh, you want oh. yeah i just did one where i marinated the chicken legs so i did drumsticks i bought a family pack of drumsticks yep. marinated them in a little oil i did canola oil and then i did frank's red hot Oof. Right? Oh, oh my God, it was so good. Wow. A little Dijon mm. mustard, and I tossed it in that, mm. and then I did the same very slow grilling until the meat just about was falling off the How bone. How long does it take? It, it takes about an hour or longer, okay. yeah, even. or longer even, depending on your. You know, but, your grills are all but different. But it's not directly over the heat; it's mm. off no. to it's no. indirect, and it can be direct, but very low, the lowest you can possibly mm. get. And but then the, right before I serve it, I crank it. Yeah, to get a little and uh, then it get to the point, yeah. almost to the point where it almost got like burned. And your salt like pepper it. mixture yeah. with the oil, we also add the Spanish smoked paprika sure. to it, yeah. and it gives it uh, like a red can, color. You can and do that's curry pimenton, powder, pimenton. Right? Yeah. Okay. So Mark, listen to what Mark does. Mark has one of those stone pizza ovens that he has built in his garage. That is so gorgeous. In your garage? In I, my garage. I, yes. I, it's his man cave. It is so <laughs> beautiful. You open the garage I, door. <laughs> honestly, it's the one thing where I walk in and I just am transported. And I think I need to live in this garage. <laughs> So um, Too funny. I don't have that, and nor do most of our listeners, so we can't really do this. But I loved hearing what you do with these onions in that oven. So you take a, a Spanish onion skin on. You don't clean it at all. You just take it and you throw it right into the coals. And you just let it char on all sides. Mm. So you might have to turn it a couple times with your tongs. Mm. And it becomes, it becomes black. black on the outside. All that dry skin that you have on the outside of the onion just becomes black and ash-like. Yeah. And you pull that out and you slice it right down the middle and you get this beautiful, soft, roasted sweet. onion inside, wow. sweet. And you chop that up. You throw a little salt, pepper, olive oil, and oregano on it. And you serve that on the side of your grilled steak <sighs> or... Wow. Spain, we always have it with go. romesco sauce. We can't sauce. do that. Yes, yeah. can. See, we, how how the, can we duplicate See, at the that. restaurant, we do this. We take a well, cookie sheet or a sheet pan, re- yeah. and you just take some salt, and you pour a nice little layer of salt on the bottom of this cookie sheet okay. right, or sheet pan, and then take your whole onions, and you sort of plop them in the salt, so the salt is kind of holding them up and keep 
keeping them off the thing and then you put them in a, like a 400, 375, 400 degree oven and you just shut the door and you roast them. Nothing on them. You just roast them until, like he says, they get browned and caramelized and almost burnt on the outside. And then you just let them cool a little bit and you peel that outer thing and, and the Pops insides are caramelized. Oh, almost, so right? you can. And they're yeah, almost so sweet. melted. So the wow. difference is the, the one additional thing things. is you've got a smoky flavor. I get a smoky right? flavor. And we yeah. don't. Yeah. We don't get a smoky okay, flavor. But the smoky flavor is great, but the sweetness oh. that comes out of these onions. Classically yeah, in Barcelona, just... they have an onion that's like a green onion that almost looks like a leek, and then they fire roast those, and they turn black, and then they serve them to you in a in a roof tile. You peel the burnt stuff, and you get this beautiful white stalk that's inside. In the inside. Yeah, and then that's what you dip, and it's I always tell delicious. My, I always Absolutely. tell my guys Oof, the those are spring onions, so those come around just once a year, or are they yeah, all... I've, I, I saw them in April. Uh, yeah, yeah, spring. Yeah, I and tell my eat... guys there's two things we don't use enough: onions. We put onions and celery in things, but we don't eat, use enough on its own. And they're two of my favorite vegetables, onions and celery. Yeah. And, I mean, you yeah. can grill onions. People don't grill. I grill onions all the time. Like if I'm serving steaks, I throw yeah. onions right yeah. on my grill. I love Even those yeah. grilled yeah. onions, like maybe on, like I've seen more and more, like the grilled hearts of romaine. Like doing a salad like that where you grilled. I got you covered right here. Here it comes. Okay. So this is what, for brunch, I love to do this instead of for dinner that you would normally do. Uh, It's grilled sausage and peppers for having people over during the day. I'm kind of in love at the moment with fennel sausage, oh, and yeah. so that's when yeah. I'm. And I love chorizo, and mm. but choose any sausage you want. And for some people, they're completely uncooked the sausage you choose because you're at some Italian market. Other people, they're pre-cooked, and in which case you don't have to cook them as long. So I leave that all to you. Your favorite sausage, and red and yellow peppers, and red onions. We've been talking about and pitas that are in a package. You know the large ones. Romaine hearts, you can get those in a package now. There were three or four in the package. And a lemon and some olive oil and a package of crumbled goat cheese. Oh, and here's how oh, yeah. yeah, here's how this comes together. So uh, this is how I do it on the grill. You grill the, the red and yellow peppers and the onions until they're you know, not burned but or blackened, but lightly caramelized. And you set them aside in a big bowl. Then you grill the sausages, no matter what kind you have, until they're cooked through. And then you cut them into half-inch slices. And you throw those into that bowl of onions and peppers and mix them up so the flavors combine. Now you take the romaine hearts uh, that are stripped of the outside leaves and you just have the hearts. And you cut them lengthwise. And rub them with some olive oil and salt and pepper. And you put them on the grill and you grill the halves that way on both sides oh, until they're nicely so charred. And, so. and you put those on a platter. And you're going to serve those on a platter. Then I take those pita breads and I brush them with olive oil. And I brown one side, then I'm brushing the tops. Then I flip them over. Then I put those on the plates, the pitas, and then... I take the onions and peppers and I scoop those on top and then do the crumbled goat cheese on top of that and then give everybody, you know, put the platter out of the, everybody gets a romaine head. You can do it on a separate plate or on the same plate. I'm, I'm in the old. Just, then I just do a, a kind of a cava, a Spanish sparkler that's, that's dry that's and bubbly, something dry and bubbly with that. 
or you could do actually your quadrio here. Yeah, yeah. Mark would be oh, delicious yeah, with it. And I wouldn't say no to your cocktail <laughs> before, during, and after. Ever. So definitely ever. before. I would never say. <laughs> so anyway, it's at foodschmooze.org. It's easy, easy, easy. If I don't have my grill out all winter long, I've been sautéing my lettuce in good olive oil. Huh. I use it as the base for everything. I'll tell you how on the Do you other slice a little side of the break. Thin garlic. I did the last mm. time, Alex, and I'll, I'll tell you how I did that. It was really, really fun. Okay, we love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers, and for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week, and to find our food, wine, and cocktail recommendations, restaurants, streaming videos, everything. We're always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org. G, and we'll be right back after this break. We have one more mouthwatering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchmoos. I'm excited about this announcement. I've decided to lead a food and wine lovers trip to Italy the week of September 19th. And if you'd like to get on our information list to get a taste of the remarkable experiences we're going to have, I'm about to give you an email contact. The Piemonte region of Italy is spectacular to see. It's a part of Italy where they're still making the real thing when it comes to food and wine. Italians themselves travel there from other regions in the country to eat and explore the villages, architecture, museums, the vistas, the coastline, as we will. We've teamed up with a family from the Piemonte region, Connecticut business owners who created the Carlos Pasta Line. And because they know Piemonte so intimately, and I love it too, I have asked them to curate this trip with me. Wineries are going to host us. Our hotel will have a Spa. There will be music and meals, including truffles and handcrafted pastas. And the chefs and wineries know we're going to be reporting afterward on our experiences with them, so they knock themselves out for us. If you'd like to come with me and the Squatrito family, and now WNPR CPTV President and CEO Jerry Franklin, for a week-long food and wine tour through the Piemonte region of Italy starting this September. 19th, please add your name to our information update list at this address, jmore at cpbn.org. We'll tell you all about what we're planning as it unfolds, and if you forget that address, you can always find it posted on our site at foodschmooze.org. I hope you'll come with me.
This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and of course the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, you can talk with us on Facebook. We're always there posting photos and things we're doing, and it's really so much fun. We've got a good, good crowd there, so search Faith Middleton Food Schmooze for Facebook. Can I try out some wine geek rules? <laughs> you know, uh, let, let rules? me just, I want to hear. I wanna we don't hear. have rules. Yeah. Oh, wine people have rules. Oh, yeah. no. Yes, they do. I want to hear what you have first. to say. Yes, that's, a, that's the first one I've heard. What was the rule? You have to, you have wash, to your wash your feet before you drink the wine. <laughs> so I'd like to know what you think about these things. I don't know where I was. I get lost online. and Oh, I know where I was. I was a pure wow. <clears throat> Excuse me, their site. They were talking to some wine people, and they had opinions. And I thought, oh, wait till we get to our wine people and see what everybody thinks about this. So we're starting with never, never store wine in Iraq or anywhere if it's in direct sunlight. Everybody That's agree? That's true. Most definitely. Okay. Definitely. Everybody agrees. That's right. I do too. These folks think that the waiter's corkscrew is king. You know the yeah. one where the it goes into kind of a double hatch? Double and hinge. Yeah. Double, yeah. Hinge yeah. double hinge. And, yeah. you know, yeah. no. so everybody – I do not think so. I don't think so either. Really? I got the two-wing one, the training wheels. Yeah. Because the first bottle, it's easy to open with that waiter one. But once you get to the second bottle, it's not so easy anymore. No, and I like the one with the training them. wheels, right? With the wings. <laughs> so you screw easy. it in and then yeah. you push down the wings. Yeah. And I have practice. I can open dozens of oh, Chris, yeah. clearly you're not opening enough wine. <laughs> that's, that's, no, I got you need to fill up your enough. muscles. I've said this many times. <laughs> when I'm looking for a bottle of wine in a, in a wine shop, I look for the screw cap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because then I don't need, I don't need any. The well, Stelvin closure. Oh, I'm sorry. The Stelvin closure. It is part of the ritual. Tool to take the cork out, you know, and it's yeah. not as yeah. fun as unscrewing unless you're at a picnic. But I have no issue whether it's corkscrew or whether it's cork finish. I just want it to be good wine. That's all. But if you are going to use the training wheels, yeah. my only pet peeve is at least take the foil off so you don't cut your yeah, hand yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, pouring the wine. But my friend has one that's air pump. The most fun corkscrew I've ever used in my life. I've done it so many times. I actually put the cork back in and do it again. You put it's the a needle, needle that goes in, in. into oh, the yeah, thing yeah. and then you hit the button and the cork just yeah. comes right out. Yeah. So there's there's so Stelvin, I... there's cork, and then on vacation we always bring rosé to the beach. Oh, the plastic. Now the rosé has a glass top. Glass oh, I wasn't yeah. paying attention. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. trying to use a corkscrew on it and I was like, I can't what get this. What are you this supposed in? to do? You it's just little, pull, it's yeah, a glass top. It pops right out. comes right out. It's really gorgeous. Yeah. And if you were happy to have any left, Open. Really, I haven't seen that. It actually will that. help preserve a little better too when you put it back. Yeah. So yeah. what's that? I, leftover I wine. Those, if there is <laughs> wow. leftover <laughs> wine, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I've never heard that. Well, I I laughed at the electric corkscrew when someone had it. You know, the one with the batteries, yes. and I was like, oh my god, it's so wonderful to use. <laughs> oh sure, <laughs> it's just Over. absolutely fantastic. Hey, however, it works for you. Get the bottle okay, open so and enjoy the wine. Yeah, so, get it open. So use the, a shoe and a wall. Here's yeah. I've yeah. seen that one. The shoe and the wall. That's a fun one. These sommeliers, as a group, said they would never put champagne in a mimosa. 
Not real so, champagne. Not, not real, real champagne. champagne. So no. their I point agree. was you don't want anything expensive in a mimosa. Yeah. Yeah. It's works too great. Great. Although, I mean, yeah. it will make a, a much better mimosa. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. You know, I have a customer that's so funny. I have a customer that buys Grand Cru Chablis by the case. She uses it to make white wine spritzers. She goes through probably 10 cases of Grand Cru Chablis a year. But she Best wants white wine to. Spritzer. Yeah. That's what she wants. She likes to have yeah. her soda water in it, yeah. and God and bless her. That's her yeah. choice. That's sure. what she does. Yeah. And it's, do it, do it's it right. the most beautiful soda water spritzer <laughs> of the world. That is so fantastic. Good for I'm, her. I'm teaching my kid, you know, about wine, and she loves mimosas. I always drink a decent champagne when I'm drinking champagne. Mm-hmm. And she was at the house, and she's like, oh, can I have a mimosa with that? And I was like, some people will say not to use a good champagne, but if you like it, right? Yeah. How many times has Faith said, rule number one, if you like it, that's the rule? Exactly. They put a lot of effort to make a champagne a champagne, and so you sort of miss out on some of the the value that they put into it. That's yeah. why they're so expensive. But if you are going to use orange juice, it's fun to use freshly pressed orange juice. As you're saying, yeah. Mark, use good yeah. ingredients. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely it good fresh ingredients. Yeah. So here's the one that is going to be really interesting, I think, for you, <laughs> which is do not sip champagne or whatever your sparkler is from a champagne flute. This new conversation has begun about whether champagne should actually be in a wine glass because room for the aromas to go up your nose and all this jazz. When we're selling or buying champagne, we taste in wine glasses, like big wine glasses, and you don't swirl it. You let the bubbles put the aroma in the air naturally. But at home, I still love an elegant champagne flute. Come on. But, I know. but yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm a sucker for the classics, and if you look at those like 40s and 50s movies, or the Marie Antoinette glass, which <laughs> yeah. was designed after the shape of Marie Antoinette's breasts and size, the coupe. That's a coupe. That's an open yeah. glass. It's not a long, the stackable tall glass. ones. You know. Yeah. It's, you know how they so make those big it, champagne yeah, fountains? Yeah. 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 So yeah. they'd have like 100 glasses and they'd start pouring from the top and it would all... So it really wasn't great. always a flute. Cascade so it has you know, historically been... Uh, it's been many things. Been many ways. So I'm just in love with the way the martini glass, its appearance even yep. empty, makes me feel festive. Yep. Yeah. The champagne flute is such a beautiful thing. Yep. All right. So... so for me, I like to have my champagne in a white wine glass. Okay. I do. I like Quite to be able to get party. my nose in the glass. And you'd probably you taste it more that way. Okay. I agree. I am so Chris. odd man out. You're using a plastic cup. <laughs> I am so... Am I the only one that breaks glasses here? No, I break glasses. No, no, no. I look at glasses and they break. <laughs> so I've decided that I would buy a very large goblet... Like and King I, Henry style? Yeah, like King Henry style. You just want to be the king. No, I know. And listen, and I drink beer, wine, yep. water, juice, coffee. I drink everything out of this goblet. I have a friend who refers to her hands as paws. <laughs> and, and, she, and like you, yeah. she breaks every yeah. single glass. When she is coming to dinner... We just lock eyes as I'm putting out the delicate glasses. I just go, oh, and I go and I get the thickest glass I can find. And it's usually some thick juice glass. I don't care how expensive the wine is. She doesn't care. She just doesn't want the embarrassment yeah. of breaking something. And in something. Europe, they drink everything out of these, I call yeah, like them mustard jars. Yeah. The, the simple like, or a highball glass. Yeah, or a highball glass. Yeah. If it's a fancy occasion, like yeah. you're having a dinner party, well, then I'm okay. But if, I'm talking about getting home from work. I got myself a nice bottle of champagne. I just drink it. I'm 
totally convinced that a beautiful glass makes even a an average wine taste better. Like you can see it, it's crystalline. Smell to it. that point, I believe a glass definitely makes a difference. And I do believe there's a time and place for a specific glass. You know, if you're having an event, you want to have that flute. You want to have that expression of this is a special occasion. But on an everyday scale, like if I'm taking a friend to lunch and it's just two of us and we sit down at the table. You're drinking right out of the bottle. And we're yeah. getting a bottle of champagne. <laughs> we're, we're pounding it right out of the bottle. No. I'll ask for white wine glasses. And, I, and I'll and i just yeah, say, sure. you know, I, I yeah. prefer to have white wine glasses. Normally I have those wine glasses without the stems. I bought a bunch of them because I don't want to wash all the glasses by hand. I just want to throw them in the dishwasher. The other night I'm there with my $10 bottle of wine and I thought, I'm getting a wine glass with a stem. And I got it out and I poured my $10 wine in there and I was yep. sitting by myself yep. thinking this is a lovely yeah. <laughs> tradition the glass yep. made me feel great you know what I mean it was yeah. just so it, it, it makes it feel it great. does make a difference then I think it, this goes back to your whatever you like whatever you like that's sure. it right what you always say about wine is 100% true people have glasses in China already in their house, then they're afraid to use it. Life is short. Use that stuff. If you Absolutely. like it, use it. I have it. My go, sister go has crystal. She won't let any of us wash it. She says, <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> so she washes her own yeah. glasses. It's really funny. Before we go, since we've been doing a lot of grilling, does anybody have any favorite recipes for garlic bread? One of my favorites is pan tostado. So you just take really good bread, you grill it, grab a tooth of garlic, and then you rub it like you're using an eraser until basically you've dissolved all the garlic into the toast. Then you take really good Spanish olive oil, drizzle it, use your thumb to push it in, some sea salt. And if you want to get crazy, you can grab a tomato and rub a tomato slice on it. And then that with your glass of wine. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh. What kind of bread? Just a fresh? Yeah, just bread not, with not all the holes in bread. it. Yeah. No, no, like Something a, a hearty bread. Some yeah. porous. Okay. Like a, like a bowl. Bowl. I, yeah. I got a cheesier American version of that. You sure. Ready? And this one I learned in, wow, I'm getting um, I learned this in 1990 when I first got out of college. My first job was for James O'Shea at the West Street Grill. Litchfield, Connecticut. Litchfield, Connecticut. It's his Parmesan aioli oh, bread, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it is like the craziest thing you've ever eaten in your life. And it's one of the simplest things. It's basically you take a piece of uh, country-style bread, just something crusty. You slice it. You grill it. With grill nothing mark, on with it. With nothing on it. In a bowl, you take some mayonnaise. Parmesan cheese, mm. a lot of garlic. Like, like in a garlic mince? press? Yeah, like in a yeah. press. That works the best. So you don't have to get it all over the cutting board in your hands. And some chopped parsley. Mix that together. Put it on top of this bread. And then you can either put it under the broiler or you can put it back on the grill with the lid over so it gets hot and bubbly. This is garlic bread on steroids. Oof. Oof. Wow. And I can't even tell you. That year I worked there, I must have wow. made... Thousands. Does James still make that? He still makes it for customers, if you oh. ask. And it is if by far. Ask. Yeah, you have to. It, it, and it, listen, if you <laughs> haven't been to the West right Street now. Grill lately, the place has been there. It's over 25 years yeah. now. That's awesome. And that yeah. Was, oh, yeah. That's a Connecticut mm. classic, I'd have to say right now. In my mm. mind, it changed dining in Connecticut, right? What's interesting about what James O'Shea mm. did with Charlie's mm. assistance yeah. is that here was an Irishman coming. At that point... 
Ireland did not have the best reputation for food. He had also a great sort of global sense of food. And so putting all that together, he just caught that wave. And here in Litchfield, Connecticut, came this place that was doing a kind of forward-looking, delicious but essentially delicious food. You know, And a lot of great chefs have come out of there, you know? Really have. He's an amazing It's just charming in there. It's just charming. And it's always changing, too. There's a little bar in the front now. It's not just open and close, right? A restaurant with good support of local people can last 25 yeah, years. Yeah. Down the road, we have the Arethusa guys yeah, oh, yeah. who are doing tabula. Yeah. And that is great there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there, there's some, there's some great places. Yeah. 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 Okay, my friends. Everything we talked about on the show is posted online at our site, foochmoose.org. Thank you to Alex and Chris and Mark and Anthony. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second Foochmooses. Join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time at foochmoose.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.